Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by their good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I hope you'll visit their website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll visit with Abu Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Love's Government, and we'll visit with Erica Donald. She is the founder and president, CEO of Optima Foundation, helping to start charter schools uh, in Florida. Great to see the sun today, by the way. Beautiful sunrise uh, after this uh, Sally has uh, left are the Paradise Coast and gone. I hope they, uh, they're going to be okay up there on the Gulf, Gulf Coast near New Orleans. It is uh, September the 15th, and on this day in 1978, boxer Muhammad Ali defeated Leon Spinks at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans to win the World Heavyweight Boxing title for the third time in his career, the first fighter ever to do so. Following his victory, he retired from boxing only to make a brief comeback two years later. He once claimed he could float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He left the sport permanently in 1981. He was born Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr. in Louisville, Kentucky on January the 14th, 1942. The future world champ changed his name to Muhammad Ali in 1964 after converting to Islam. He earned a gold medal in the 1960 Olympic Games in Rome and made his professional boxing debut against Tony Husaker in October 1960, winning the bout in six rounds. On February the 25th, 1964, Ali defeated the heavily favored Sonny Liston in six rounds to become the heavyweight champ, after which he famously declared, I am the greatest. What he was great. During the Vietnam War, Ali refused to be inducted into the U.S. Armed Forces and in 1967 was convicted of draft evasion and banned from boxing for three years. He stayed out of prison as his case was being appealed and returned to the ring in October 1970, knocking out Jerry Quarry in Atlanta in the third round. On October the 8th, 1971, Ali fought Joe Frazier in the fight of the century and lost after 15 rounds, the first loss of his professional career. In June 1971, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Ali's conviction for evading the draft. At a January 1974 rematch at New York City's Madison Square Garden, Ali defeated Frazier in 12 rounds. In October of the same year, an underdog, Ali bested George Foreman and reclaimed his heavyweight championship belt as the heavily hyped rumble in the jumble in Zaire with a knockout in the eighth round. On February the 15th, 1978, in Las Vegas, an aging Ali lost the title to Leon Spinks in a 15-round split decision. For Spinks, it was born in 1953 and won a gold medal in boxing in the 1976 Olympics in Montreal. The fight was just the eighth of his professional career. However, seven months later, on September the 15th, Ali won the title back in a unanimous 15-round decision. In June 1979, Ali announced he was retiring from boxing, and on October the 2nd, 1980, he returned to the ring and fought heavyweight champ Larry Holmes, who knocked him out in the 11th round. After losing to Trevor Burbrick on December the 11th, 1981, Ali left the ring for the last time with a record of 56 wins, 5 losses, and 37 knockouts. In 1984, he was revealed to have Parkinson's disease and died on June the 3rd, 2016. What a life. Muhammad Ali, certainly a, he was a character. He uh, he lived life the way he wanted. He was he did it his way. Muhammad Ali. Well, the Florida Department of Health has reported 25 new cases of COVID-19 and no additional deaths in Collier County. There are 32 uh, COVID-19 patients in Collier County Hospital, so certainly the curve has more than flattened, and there's plenty of beds hospital beds and ICU beds available. So the curve has been flattened. Remember, that was the initial objection. objective is to flatten the curve and not overwhelm the health care system. Well, cases are going down. Collier County Schools released COVID-19 case data Friday evening via a new dashboard, a reversal of the district's stance to not share the information publicly. 27 students and nine employees in Collier Schools have tested positive for coronavirus since school started on August the 31st. 
That, according to the dashboard on Monday, more than 24,000 students returned to Collier County brick-and-mortar schools in late August, uh, with the uh, remaining 17,000 opting for virtual learning options. In Collier's first publicly known incident, 12 students and a faculty member at Gulf Coast Charter Academy uh, South were sent home to quarantine due to a COVID-19 case. So there it is. That's the information on COVID-19. There is some uh, really interesting breakthrough here. The scientists at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine have isolated the smallest biological molecule that completely and specifically neutralizes SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes novel coronavirus. The drug is seen as a potential preventive against SARS-CoV-19. And according to the report, the drug has been highly effective in preventing and treating the infections in mice and hamsters during tests. The drug also reportedly does not bind to human cells, which suggests it will not have negative side effects in people. Now, according, it could be used to keep people from getting the infection, said a co-author, John Mellers, chief of the Division of Infectious Diseases at Pitt and UPMC. Um, antibodies of the larger size have worked against other infectious diseases and have been well tolerated, giving us hope that it could be an effective treatment for patients with COVID-19 for protection from, of those who have never been, had the infection and are not immune. So a big breakthrough there. I don't know when it will, quote-unquote, hit the streets, but we're uh, really hoping it does uh, and do it soon. I, I prefer the uh, something that could help heal us than something like a vaccine, quite frankly, would be my preference. So that sounds like the uh, a great tool and great, great medicine. Hope it works out in the final testing. Uh, Dr. A Anthony Fauci just spilled the beans. Contrary to the implicit promise, numerous politicians made that COVID-19 restrictions would last only until there's an effective vaccine. He says the arrival of the vaccine won't mean life will return to normal, perhaps for more than a year. If you're talking about getting back to a degree of normality, which resembles what we were doing prior to COVID-19, it's going to be well into 2021, maybe in, towards the end of 2021, he said. The goalposts, of course, are moving again. COVID-19 restrictions until there's a vaccine was always an empty promise meant to keep the public submissive for a few more months. If the development of an effective vaccine doesn't end COVID-19 restrictions, you know there's no lie pro-lockdown pro government officials won't sell us to hold on to their power. Voters will do well to take this into account when casting ballots in November. In other words, uh, there will be a tendency for anybody who's made these rules that has the power to make these rules to keep the rules in place somehow, some way. That's a suspicion I have, and I think Fauci, of course, who only has experience in medicine and health uh, would uh, certainly support that. And Joe Biden, who, by the way, made the claim if the professional said lock it down, he'd lock it down. And by the way, the Rasmussen Report daily presidential tracking poll for Monday shows that 51% of likely voters approve of President Trump's job performance. So uh, no matter what the polls are saying right now, uh, the Rasmussen Reports is something you can trust. And I think the president is not demonstrating any kind of concern about the election in November. He's just going out there and meeting the people, which is great. I think the Democrat Party is, quite frankly, on the other hand, demonstrating a lot of fear and anxiety, doing a quick pivot down to climate change. I think you'll hear less about coronavirus and more about climate change uh, from uh, Biden and others. Uh, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf's executive order to close non-life-sustaining business and place restrictions on public gatherings to mitigate the spread of the novel coronavirus were declared unconstitutional by a federal district judge in Pittsburgh on Monday who said they violated both the First and Fourteenth Amendments. So I think this is uh, very good news also, looking after our rights, individual rights and liberty. So that, that was good news. And in addition to that, uh, Kamala, I'm trying to pronounce her name correctly, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden's running mate, in 2020 in the election, raised eyebrows on Monday evening after she accidentally touted economic plans under a Harris administration. Speaking during a virtual roundtable with small business owners in Arizona, Harris vowed that we will have an ally in the White House with the campaign 
back, uh, Build Back Better initiative. However, the California senator appeared to briefly suggest that she was the top of the Democrat ticket. A Harris administration, she said, together with Joe Biden as the president of the United States, she said, quickly clarified the Biden-Harris administration will provide access to $100 billion in low-interest loans and investments from minority business owners. Many on the social media question whether Harris had misstatement was a Freudian slip. Certainly sounds that way, doesn't it? As critics of the Biden candidacy insist that the former VP is a placeholder for the liberal senator. Joe better hire a, foot, <laughs> a food taster, quite frankly, because I think she has aspirations to fill his shoes quickly after he's elected. And by the way, the two uh, police officers in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department were shot on Saturday in Compton, California. They're both recovering in the hospital, and uh, the, spe- the suspect, however, is still at large. So we'll hope that he catches us. And, and of course, shortly after this happened, uh, Biden suggested that we need more gun control. He, and of course, he's talking about uh, he's talking about. This actually, he said after 24 hours, he said, weapons of war have no place in our communities. He wrote on Twitter, we need to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Of course, the gunman was uh, using a handgun, not a uh, weapon of war. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. To find out more, visit uh, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Gulf Shore Playhouse, devoted to creating professional New York-style theater at its very best and at affordable prices, presents a fabulous new season of productions beginning in November with a world premiere of a one-man show written by and starring the talented associate artistic director of Gulf Shore Playhouse, Jeffrey Bender. Pinup Girls opens in January, singing a cavalcade of hits inspired by real letters from our troops overseas. Inspired by what they find funny, romantic, heartbreaking, and sexy, the ladies put on a show that celebrate the guys and gals who fight to defend our country. Bang Bang opens in March, written by legendary actor of Monty Python fame, John Cleese. You'll surely be wiping away tears of laughter with this one. William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens in March. Meddling parents, impetuous young lovers, and cunning fairies collide in Shakespeare's enchanting classic. Another Revolution by Jacqueline Bircher opens in May. You won't want to miss this timely new work about finding hope in one another through the uncertainty of the world around us. What a terrific season of productions. Tickets for this great new season are available now. Tickets start at only $38. Tickets can be purchased by calling the box office at 866-811-4111 or visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.com. 
Org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So I just want to get your thoughts and update on what's going on with the elections. How's it looking from a Florida perspective and from your point of view? Well, you know, Florida is always, uh, is, is always interesting and always different. You know, we, we have uh, yeah, always very tight elections, uh, particularly at least the presidential anyway. And um, I, I think um, President Trump has done a, a terrific job with um, our numbers in Florida. I think he's going to take it. <laughs> and I, you know, there's a lot of money being spent right now by um, uh, Joe Biden, but uh, I feel pretty confident. Well, that's so interesting that you used to say that. The big news yesterday, of course, is that Bloomberg is going to put about $100 million into Biden's campaign. Uh, and right. so that was a uh, disturbing to me anyhow, but, uh, you seem confident about it. Is it. What is it about Trump's campaign here in Florida that uh, leads you to come to that conclusion? Well, I, I think, um, first of all, when you look at, uh, the, the first of all, we don't know what the policies uh, or the platforms are going to be Democrats. I don't even think they have one, uh-huh. but there's a real concern about those progressives. Um, people are very, very, um, uh, the economy is going to tank, and people know it because we're trying to reopen. We want, we want to get people back to work, and the, it, the message that uh, Trump is getting out about uh, Biden is he wants to shut everything down, and will. And I think people are afraid of that. Yeah, I, I agree so, with that point of view. I definitely. But I wonder about, of course. Uh, we live in this bastion of conservative thought here in the, on the Paradise Coast, but I know there's other areas that have different thoughts and feelings. What are you hearing from candidates that are running up and down uh, Florida? Well, what we're doing uh, for, for candidates, they're running a campaign differently. They're running on who they are mm-hmm. um, because of that. You know, we do have a lot of uh, um, more moderate areas of state and, and a, lot of, a lot of liberal areas leaning. So our Republicans that are running in those areas are running on, on what they've done. Uh, it's sort of like a grassroots type campaigning. We're doing that all over the state, and it's been very effective. Um, we've got some tough races in the Senate, uh, the Florida Senate, uh, over on the East Coast, and the candidates are working very hard. They're going they're, they're going door to door right now, and uh, people are being very receptive. And it's who they are um, trying. Not to distance himself from uh, the president, but to distinguish himself. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's working. You know, we do have, obviously, because we're in a conservative area, we do tend to be a little bit in a bubble. But um, I'm feeling pretty good around the rest of the state. Well, that's just uh, really encouraging. One of the things I'm noticing is that the uh, Biden campaign seems to uh, be less concerned. All of a sudden, they're making a pivot away from COVID-19 towards climate change. Of course, the fires yeah. in, the, in the West are just absolutely terrible. But uh, uh, yesterday, Biden called Trump a climate denier. <laughs> <laughs> Trump's. You know, it's, what's really troubling is, I mean, there is a we know there are issues, particularly with sea rise, because we know it's an issue, it's a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and what troubles me is the way it's being portrayed. The media, particularly, keep talking about climate change and not focusing. And maybe that's part of it. Uh, but the real thing is, you know, California, in particular, didn't even pass a uh, uh, one of their constitutional propositions saying, you know, no more control burning and that kind of thing. And so that's, they're ignoring that completely and uh, to our, to to their detriment. In fact, if you, if you want to see the implementation, uh, you can just think about uh, California as a Petri dish for uh, the Green New Deal. They've already implemented a lot of those things. They've got windmills like you can't believe out there. And uh, now they're having brownouts, of course. And as to your point, they have, uh, because of the, uh, the uh, people who are looked after the uh, environment, uh, they've cut back on the burning of the uh, bush, you know, to control burning and uh, the consequences of the fires that we're having right now. Of course, it has been very hot there, but the president yesterday, <laughs> he said, he said, I'm not sure the scientists know about climate change, which is... Oh, I did. I did. I hear that. I, I mean, sometimes I wonder, uh, he probably shouldn't say those kind of things, because, you know, we don't know. And I think it's 
probably somewhere uh, everything uh, comes into play. You know, I was watching a news report last night that one of the problems is that there are more and more people that are moving into those wooded and forested areas. Yeah. And when people set inadvertently set those fires off a lot. So, and if you've got a bunch of houses that are all in wooded areas, uh, and then there's a big fire, look what's going to happen. So, you know, it, it may not be it's just human activity does make a difference. Well, it does, but there's also these arsonists. I would say people from Black That's Lives right. Matter, or Antifa, that are uh, just starting okay. to to use that as a weapon as well. And that is human activity, by the way. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> is. It certainly is. So, uh, you know, this is a refreshing call. I'm, I'm hearing some optimism from your point of view about uh, the president's campaign. Well, that's today. That is <laughs> <That's> today. today. <laughs> that is. So once, you know, we're Florida. Don't forget, at the very end, you know, it's always going to be a nail biter. And uh, as I recall from 2016, it was uh, really Collier and Lee County who made the difference in terms of a, right. otherwise it would have been a deadlock. But uh, the yeah, you know, so the yeah. it, it was it's just very refreshing to see uh, those results. Kathleen Pasadena, again our state senator. I just genuinely appreciate your taking time to come on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It is a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the website, vfga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Erica Donalds. She is the founder and CEO of Optima Foundation. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, and uh, it's going to be another spectacularly clear fall day. And I bet people in the state of Oregon and California can't say that. No. Orange skies. And uh, you have to really feel for those people out there. 
Uh, do I understand that you have a couple of uh, granddaughters going we to... We have two granddaughters. One's going to Oregon State. One's going to the University of Oregon. And they have said to them, under no circumstances do you go out. The air quality is similar to smoking 20 packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. That's how bad it is. It's so sad. I mean, we lived in uh, California. We've lived in Oregon, actually, and lived, uh, used to ride my bike right around the University of Oregon. So I'm very familiar with that area. It's a beautiful, beautiful state. And unfortunately, these fires, uh, and we lived in California. We saw fires coming over the horizon, over the mountains. It's just very scary uh, because when they get out of control, they can jump in an eight-lane highway, if you can believe oh that. My. Yeah, I mean, oh my! Yeah, so uh, it's it's a real threat to property and to people, and uh, uh, unfortunately, in California, they have not called the underbrush. That's what they used to do when uh, we lived there. They stopped that because of the uh, conservationists and the uh, the environmentalists, and the consequence of that is they have these wildfires that just get totally out of control. Oh, it's, it's, it's really frightening. Of course, they're blaming it all on climate control, climate change. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the uh, president. He had an Hispanic uh, uh, roundtable yesterday. And, uh, so the, and this was in California, by the way. And so they brought up this whole notion of climate change. He says, the president said, I'm not sure that's the problem. They said, well, uh, you know, it's really hot. He says, well, the president said, well, it's going to cool off. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He said, well, what about the scientists?" He says, "I'm not sure the scientists know." So. <laughs> oh, gee, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my heavens! Well, you said Latino. Today is the start of Hispanic Heritage Month, and uh, aside from that, uh, Latinos are the largest minority voting voting block, thirteen yeah. percent. So. I would think that both Biden and Trump are paying attention to that. Oh, they definitely are. In fact, this roundtable that Trump held, it was really moving. It was a spectacular event. And he had the, the owner of the Los Angeles Angels, who is of Mexican descent. He grew up in a family with 11 children, very poor and so forth, and ended up owning, because of you know the opportunity in America, he ends up owning the uh, Angels. And there are several other business owners there, starting off mopping floors and being homeless and ending up owning mm. businesses. But their stories were so incredibly moving. It just you know, helps you understand the importance of individual freedom and the ability of, and the, of the American dream. Really fascinating. That's a neat, and you know the spirit of entrepreneurship. You right. know, it's what makes America great. It really is, Boo. So uh, right, we're we're seeing uh, if if you can believe the polls, we're seeing a growing uh, support both in the black community and the Hispanic community for President Trump. I've heard that, um, and do you think it's because of his law and order stance? I think it's got to do a lot to do with the law and order, but there's enterprise zones uh, that, that that I think the people are seeing the uh, move of the to increase the number of jobs among minorities has just been fantastic and effective. That's the the main thing. I think most people are who are changing and wanting to support Trump are seeing because they're seeing results coming out of this thing. It's not because mm -hmm. him personally, certainly not because of him personally, because if many people find his behavior offensive. But in, ter what, in terms of what they're seeing in their community, they like it. Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's, I don't get a sense of, it's still, a, I think it's an undecided race. Yeah. Tell, tell us about uh, what, oh, you've got your ear to the ground in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. That's a bastion of liberal activity, if, if there ever was one. Oh, oh my <laughs> heavens. Oh, Lordy. It's, you know, it's still bad here. They will go the state, uh, well, I would say the state will go Republican, uh -huh. at least they did the last time, but Dane County, the whole area where I live in, where you've got government and university, it's solidly Democratic. I mean, this is why we're in the mess that we're in. Mm -hmm. There is no reason that this entire city should be, not entire city, entire downtown uh, should be boarded up. It's inexcusable. Yeah. So, I mean, here we, you're seeing lawlessness there. You've had uh, violence and looting and so forth. Doesn't this have an impact on the people that live there? Doesn't this make, cause them to pause and say we want law and order, and the law and order candidate is President Trump? 
No question about it. it. There's absolutely no question. I think that I don't know what's happened with the Black Lives Matter, but I think it's gotten hijacked or portions of it have been hijacked by violence, by looters, by people wanting to send the wrong message. And I think people are swinging in the opposite direction. And they're fed up. They're disgusted. Our, Madison has a has had a very low crime rate. Our crime rate has just skyrocketed. Um, We have two close personal friends, including, and then my son, whose girlfriend uh, had her car stolen, um, who've had armed break-ins in their house. Yeah. Just the lawlessness is incredible. This thing's happening in Washington, D.C. If you could imagine sitting in a nice restaurant and have these imbeciles coming in and uh, asking you to raise your hand and for a fist for uh, Black Lives Matter and so forth, being very disruptive on a lot of them. And, and what's interesting to me is when, for example, a violence breaks out, this uh, man who was shot the other day in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, apparently was having a, a mental episode. His sister was trying to call somebody, how can I get him some help because he's just totally out of control and incoherent. And so he took a knife and he tried to stab police and he was shot. Well, protesters show, and looters show up. To me, I mean, the, this can't happen because several of the people that were arrested from, were from out of state. They didn't live in wow. Lancaster. So uh, the, what, I, what I believe is that uh, Soros-type people have these organizations. Mm-hmm. They're funding these terrorists, and they're on a bus and on their way up there in, in lickety-split in order to create disruption and uh, looting and violence and so forth. So it's just very upsetting. It is. And, you know, I have to tell you something last night. I don't think I re- we realize how agitated, you know, it may be a low-grade agitation but or irritation or fear that we all have. I mean, it's so much coming at us all the time, a lot of it negative. You know, now Mother Nature is getting her, playing her card, too. And so last night I heard a band, and the music sounded so great. So I thought, I'm going to go down at 7 o'clock at night. So I tootle down. I go to the far side of the square. I'll bet you, and there's a band there, and it's a Christian band. And everybody was outside, and the music was so uplifting and positive and touch one another and send good vibes across the universe and be kind, you know, really great messages. I just have, I, God, pretty soon I'm waving with my arms raised over my head like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. It just felt so good to feel bathed in something that felt good yeah. rather than this constant aggravation. It was really neat. I bet I was down there for about an hour. And then, you know, you start looking around. Now, this was outside, granted. I'll bet you there were at least 200 people there, maybe a little bit more. Uh, and nobody had masks on. Yeah. Now, I don't... It, it, the reason they didn't have a mask on, because they were outside? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, 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 isn't it uplifting to be around positive people? It's just... just uh, uh, and you're quite right. This is something that we all need. And I'm so happy that you found it last night. And uh, we all need that. We all need a kind of a positive ejection on occasion and perhaps constantly. Uh, it's, it's just an interesting story. Well, it felt so good, you know, to feel gratitude for what we have and to be appreciative rather than kind of just grinding your teeth about what's going on. And I thought, oh, my heavens, I haven't had this feeling in so long that it was remarkable in that it felt so different how I normally do. Yeah, that's so interesting. Well, you're absolutely right. Because, neat. I mean, what you, what you see from the left and what you're seeing from these anarchists and Antifa and from Black Lives Matter is envy and greed as opposed to gratitude and thanks. And I think that's what you experienced last night. I think everybody did. It was just a beautiful night. And anyway, so it was really neat. And then I'll tell you a funny little side. I was reading something about Pepsi-Cola. And, you know, all these sodas have caffeine. Everybody's revved up all the time. You yeah. know, Red Bull and all of that. Yeah. Well, Pepsi, I think they feel that everybody needs 
downtime and more relaxation. They are now going to infuse Pepsi with a supplement that is used for relaxation. Interesting. So they're taking the caffeine out and they're putting whatever's like in green tea that kind of calms you down. Yeah, that is I'll tell you, it'll sell like hotcakes. We <laughs> all need it. We need it. Will they buy it? And I'm not sure. Again, uh, Boo Mortens, is always great to hear uh, have your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hearing that St. Matthew's House commercial, I really support those people. They do great, great work, and uh, certainly people are in need. Uh, Lulabee's Diner supports St. Matthew's House in a big way, and they have great breakfast or lunch over there in the Green Tree Shopping Center. I hope you stop by and patronize uh, Lulabee's Diner. Uh, coming up, we're going to visit with Erica Donalds, the founder and CEO of Optima Foundation. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist through the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and I'm watching them discuss another stimulus bill for the stupid shutdowns, and it's very upsetting. You know, I, I, real quick, I'm watching a moron Democrat is a member of the quote-unquote bipartisan caucus or secret caucus or underground caucus trying to write a, a new uh, bill for uh, COVID. And I'm, they're like, well, God, states like New Jersey have almost 12% unemployment. And they don't make the connection that, gee, because the moron governors shut everything down. <laughs> yeah. there's no, there's no, they don't make the correlation. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, it's, it's so interesting that the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and so often laws are being passed in order to correct the things that they've already done that are creating the problem. Oh, yeah. The, the answer to government is more government. That's their solution. <laughs> yeah. We've screwed things up with government, so let us, let us put more government on the table yeah. and see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just to change the topic slightly, you wrote a great column, and it's uh, it was very informative. I didn't understand this, but 5G and 10G, symbiotic wireless and wired Internet, and their government-free miracles. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, of course, you've heard a lot about 5G, which is the wireless next generation. 5G stands for fifth generation. They just 
shorten it because um, you can't. If you look in the upper right corner of your phone, it's not a big enough face to write out fourth generation, so they put 4G. Mm-hmm. But um, 5G is the next one, and it's going to be probably a bigger leap forward than one through 4G combined. I mean, it's going to be a huge leap forward uh, technologically. Uh, speeds are going to be 600 times faster than the current phone. And by the way, uh, as I say in the piece, go to your nearest device on your wireless network and try, try to watch a high-definition video. Oh, look, you can. That's as fast as you need to be in current conditions, and your, your phone network already handles it seamlessly. So imagine what 600 times faster than that's going to be. Yeah. Um, of course, it's, it's a huge boon economically. It creates the Internet of Things, where inanimate objects become technologically animate, and your, all your machines start talking to one another, which has... Benefits we can't even foresee yet, but you know, my, my, one of my favorites is your car talks to the road, which talks to the um, stoplight. And if you're coming up on a red light and there's no one coming the other direction, they flip the light for you. Yeah, that is, that's just so incredible. You, just fa- and, fascinating. And so there's going to be all kinds of uh, advantages, you know, stuff we haven't thought of yet. I mean, this new it creates opportunities for you know creative people that we ha- we can- we haven't foreseen yet you know it's uh, new gingrich said the gr- the best ideas are the ones where you hear them and go oh well duh why didn't anyone think of that before yeah. and that's what's going to happen like crazy with 5G well you can't do wireless without wired there's nothing that happens wireless there's very very little that happens wirelessly it doesn't also incorporate wired uh connection mm-hmm. connectivity um, you, you know there are trenches dug and and uh, and uh, cable laid all across the country. That's where you get Comcast. That's where you get Verizon FiOS. That's where you get uh, you know uh, charter uh, communications uh, internet. It's wired mm-hmm. and and uh, you, there's a thing that happens during your, the travel of your call to my your cell call to my cell call. A lot of it travels over what's called backhaul. And a lot of the backhaul is wired. Mm-hmm. It's not a wireless call in the truest sense of the word. There's mm-hmm. a lot of wired traffic that's handled along the way. And so what the wired companies were working on is 10G. And it doesn't stand for 10th generation. It's just there. it's going to be, again, a huge leap forward in speeds and capabilities, um, which is great because it, it works hand-in-hand hand with 5G as mm-hmm. we advance that tremendously 10g is a great symbiotic you know relationship with 5g it's going to be faster it's going to be better um and of course the final point i wanted to make in the piece was the reason we're beating the world to, to 5g and 10g and the reason we're we're doing this so quickly and, and, and easily, relatively speaking, is because we don't have government impediments that the rest of the world does. I just saw the highest court in the European Union yesterday ruled that uh, Europe's net neutrality laws are legal huh. in, their, in their legal code. They're hamstrung with these regulations, net neutrality probably chief among them. And it's a giant stranglehold on the entire internet ecosystem net neutrality and gee they they had these rules we don't and we keep beating them to things wired and wireless i wonder why you know again another another amazing coincidence new jersey has 12 percent unemployment and massive shutdowns i wonder if there's a connection yeah um <laughs> so i can you know, see i've got a qu- out of curiosity does this mean that the providers like comcast and others need to do, uh, lay new wires will they be rewiring their system well, Constantly, they'll be they'll be uh, maintaining and updating their wires around the world. Uh-huh. I mean, around the around the country. Excuse me, around the world too. But you know what I'm saying. In America, um, yes, the, the, the wired will continue to be. It's not like we're going to get to 5G and then all of a sudden wired becomes completely unnecessary. No, it becomes even more important because, again, with the backhaul. Um, you've got a lot more traffic going through. Because remember, with all these things talking to one another, that's a lot of traffic. It certainly is. And you're going to have to offload wireless to wired all the time to handle all that additional traffic. Yeah. So it's a great, it's a great example of if, you leave something, if the government leaves something alone, the amazing not just individual achievement but the cooperative achievement that happens between different sectors 
of the economy working together to, to you know, one plus one equals three if the government leaves things alone. So there is some government cooperation required. And uh, in our previous discussions, Seton, you've mentioned the fact that we need these pizza uh, sized uh, pizza boxes. Yes, the uh, the new the five G antennas. Yeah. Yes. So how are we doing with getting those installed around the country? Well, that's that's we were behind because our local governments were viewing the uh, installers, the AT, the ISPs, the Internet Service Providers, as as ATM machines, as cash registers. Yeah. And before, when you built a four G antenna, it was a big, giant, tall antenna, and you had to site it and had to build it, and they had a fee for that. Well. For every one of those you're putting in now, you're putting in a hundred, a thousand of these little pizza boxes, and they were trying to charge the same, the same uh, sighting fee for for the little pizza boxes as they were for the giant towers. Yeah, and and so the Trump FCC said, um, no, you're not going to do that. That's a giant ripoff, and it's going to it's also a national security problem because China is going to beat us to 5G if you make it so prohibitive to to build it out. So we're making progress on that now. A court has ruled that the FCC has authority, which, of course, it does. It's a World Wide Web. Therefore, it's the federal government's prerogative, not the local governments, to dictate terms nationally on a national security issue, on an interstate commerce issue. And so they make their money. They get 5% of the – they charge 5% uh, taxes, but that's all they can charge. Right. That's the cap. And so you can charge it as a citing fee. You can charge it as a – you know, pull attachment fee, you can charge it as a uh, right-of-way fee, but ultimately you get the 5%, and that's all you get. All and right. so with, with that cap in place, you're getting a lot more build-out a lot faster, and, and we're, we're, we're doing very well on that now. So I, I did read uh, some material, and I've heard from a credible source that uh, these pie-sized, uh, I guess they're, they're receptors, or antennas, uh, they they can can uh, they're cancerous, or they could die. No, that's you know what that's actual Russian propaganda. Ah, uh, <laughs> well, that's I... Russian and Chinese propaganda because China wants to get to five G first, so that they can then set the global standards. The country that gets there first gets to set the global standards for the network. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, no, it's 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 crap. All it's right. crap. There's if you go to there's a website CTIA. It's the Wireless Association. They have, you have to search, I don't remember where it is, but they had a huge study by, you know, real people. It's nothing. It's, 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 it's crap that's being fed to people by China and Russia to slow us down. All right. Yeah. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. Uh, you can visit lessgovernment.org or uh, also Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Erica Donalds. Erica is the uh, founder and CEO of the Optima Foundation. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. With all the threats to faith, family, and freedom, Christian Television Network, the Faith Center Fort Myers, and Florida Pastors Network invite you to Healing Our Nation Tuesday, September 22nd at 7 o'clock p.m. for a free panel discussion on engaging and impacting culture with a biblical worldview. 
distinguished national guest Bishop E.W. Jackson, founder of Stand Foundation, staying true to America's national destiny. John Stenberger, founder of Florida Family Policy Council and called to vote, along with historian and best-selling author Dr. William Federer, want to equip you to effectively respond to the moral and social issues impacting our community. Join us live on television September 22nd at 7 o'clock p.m. on CTN Southwest Florida or live streaming at ctntelevision.com or in person at the Faith Center. Details, ctntelevision.com. That's ctntelevision.com. Or call 239-543-7200. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Erica Donalds. Erica is the founder and CEO of the Optima Foundation. And uh, full disclosure, I proudly serve on the board of the Optima Foundation. Erica, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. Always a pleasure. Tell us about the Optima Foundation. Well, the Optima Foundation I started back in 2017 to help uh, groups in different communities across the state start Hillsdale College charter schools. Um, and it's evolved very much so from kind of a consulting part-time nonprofit that I was doing as I was working in the finance industry to really a full-blown charter management organization with two schools open and two more schools in the works. Uh, Our first school, Treasure Coast Classical Academy, opened in 2019. So we're in our second school year with over 1,000 students. And our second school, Jacksonville Classical Academy, opened right outside of downtown Jacksonville uh, with about 450 students as of right now and adding more students every day. And that's in an urban community. It's about 60% minority. It'll be a Title I school. So we're reaching a very diverse community there in Jacksonville and really proud of the work that we're doing there. Um, And then we're coming up uh, next year on Naples Classical Academy. We've got approval from that from Collier County, and we're going to open with 650 students here in North Naples. All of these are in partnership with Hillsdale College Barney Charter School Initiative, who provides the curriculum and instructional practices and training for our teachers and ongoing support from the academic standpoint. And as a former CFO, compliance officer, and and a CPA myself, I run the Optima Foundation, which manages all of the business aspects of the school operational and makes sure that our academic professionals can do what they do best without having to worry about all of these other non-academic duties. But you know, we want best practices and we want the best resources for all of our teachers and our staff. Yeah, it sounds like a great marriage with the Hillsdale College. Tell us about the significance of the Hillsdale College relationship. Well, Hillsdale Barney Charter School Initiative was started to reach K-12 to public school students with a classical model of education focused on uh, creating virtuous citizens who understand the founding of our country and our history and the exceptionalism of America. And so they have put together a curriculum from various sources. None of them are actually produced by Hillsdale College, um, but they are various sources that they found from around the country and around the world, really, when you talk about uh, Singapore math, for example. The best of the best put together into a curricular program. Then they train our teachers, our principals, and our, our administrators on how to implement that program with fidelity. They have subject matter experts for every subject, math, science, reading, history, that our teachers and our staff can call upon at any time to get support as they're implementing the curriculum. So it's a very valuable relationship that costs the schools nothing, but they are selected through a competitive process. So uh, being part of the Barney Charter School Initiative is certainly an honor. Erica, that sounds just fantastic. Now, the proof of the pudding, of course, is in the tasting. How are the results? I mean, have you, how long has this been implemented as Barney, Barney School curriculum, and, and what are the results? Well, they have tremendous results in their 20-plus schools around the country, Bob. Uh, they've been doing this since about 2011, um, and the graduates of these schools that, ha- that have already gone through K-12 to are getting into the, some of the best universities across the country and also uh, scoring very well on, on standardized tests. But not only that, 
if you look at Florida and the classical charter schools that are here in Florida, um, what I like to see is that the students who have the greatest challenges, those at-risk students who are, are measured by, by poverty most of the time, so free and reduced lunch students, our students in Barney Charter School Initiative schools that are on free and reduced lunch outperform the state average in reading and math on our state exams. Now, state exams, of course, are not the end-all be-all of measuring student success. However, uh, when we do look at those results and see the kind of thing that, uh, the kind of results that these schools are getting for those types of students, uh, we, we can see how uh, add that to the virtuous learning and the character building that we're doing, and we're setting these students up for great success. Just very inspiring, uh, Erica. And uh, now we're in this, having this COVID-19 experience. Kids are going back to school. Would really, And, of course, you're a former school board member, elected school board member here in Cuyahoga County. Any thoughts? School boards right now, you know, it's an interesting time to be a school board member. I don't envy them and the decisions that they're having to make when it comes to going back to school with COVID and all of the precautions that um, they have to endure. However, um, our school boards absolutely need to make sure that they know that they work for the people and they're funded by the people and the people have to have access to the government uh, that they pay for and that, that they vote for. Um, so it's been really frustrating over the past uh, several months to see parents begging for schools to reopen in person. And thankfully in Collier, um, all of our students do have the option of going back in person. Um, but in many other places, uh, both in Florida and around the country, school boards are saying no when the majority of their parents want their children to go back to school in person. Um, we know that in-person learning is, is preferable um, for most students and especially those who are at risk. And so um, I know it's just really a difficult decision for them right now. And it certainly is. I mean, uh, it would be great if we could have uh, more charter schools like the ones that you're talking about, Erica. How, how can we support your efforts? Well, you can go to the Optima Foundation at OptimaEd.org and uh, sign up to keep updated. Donate, of course. We're actually going to be doing some fundraising events here in the near future. We had an in-person event scheduled several times this year. haven't been able to make that happen, but, right. um, but we're, we're looking at doing a Zoom fundraiser to just let the community know what we're doing. You know, we are Naples-based, and we want our community to know that we are um, doing some really great things and have some good things in the works that they uh, have an opportunity to support. Um, also, Naples Classical Academy, we're going to be making some big announcements in the next uh, week or two about our location, our principal, and opening enrollment. So it's really coming quickly. And if they want to uh, have specific support to Naples Classical Academy, they can go to naplesclassical.org. Um, and help that school get started here in North Naples. Yeah, just uh, just a terrific organization. I'm so proud of the work that you're doing, Erica. And, of course, uh, uh, your husband running for Congress, and it's just very exciting, isn't it? It is. So we're just almost a month out from the August 18th primary. It's hard to believe it's been a whole month. Um, but he's really geared up for the general election and reaching out to those general election voters that no party affiliation. Many of our, uh, you know, minority voters in our community are looking for a place outside of the ultra liberal Democrat party right now. So it's very exciting to put together the messaging of conservatism that we know speaks to those groups and um, really tell them that they have a home here with the Republican Party and certainly with Byron uh, voting for him as their next congressman because we agree on school choice, we agree on criminal justice reform, we agree on reopening our businesses and getting our economy going again after COVID and, and really coming together on the things that we can get behind. Absolutely. ByronDonalds.com is the website. Give Byron some support. Also, order, uh, OptimaEd.org is the website. OptimaEd.org about the Opt Optima Foundation, a terrific organization, and again, getting great results. Erica, so proud to be associated with you, and thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll continue our discussion about the uh, fundamentals of libertarianism. We'll visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor uh, at the University of uh, uh, Houston, and endowed professor in space architecture, and he wrote a book which I just finished, How Everything Happened, Including Us, is so fascinating. 
Uh, if you enjoy the show, I just really appreciate hearing from you. Any suggestions or thoughts? If you'd like to receive my daily newsletter after the show, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>